This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and bearing witness that none has the right to be worshipped or unconditionally obeyed except for him. And we bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final messenger. We ask Allah to send his peace and blessings upon him, the prophets and messengers that came before him, his family and companions that served alongside him and those that follow in his blessed path until the day of judgment. And we ask Allah to make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. Dear brothers and sisters, I wanted to approach in today's khutbah briefly the topic of ihsan, the topic of doing good when you don't feel good as you do good. And what I mean by that is that there's always this sentiment that the more corrupt the world becomes, the more our interpersonal relationships decay, the more our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala collectively as mankind starts to decrease, the more those who seek to insist upon a higher way are going to be taken advantage of and are going to get what they call the short end of the stick. They're not going to get the benefits that most people get in this life by cheating, by being petty, by uh, insisting upon matters of this world by seeking to consume as much as they can of this world without any sense of conscience, not of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor of anything else. And subhanAllah, when you look at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want to start off with what this khutbah is not about. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, despite being a person who we can all agree was taken advantage of in, on multiple occasions, despite being the person who would be mobbed for sadaqah, mobbed for charity, asked questions in a harsh manner. The Prophet ﷺ, despite giving in every relationship of his more than what he received, both to those that rejected him and to those that accepted him. No one can say that they were a better sahib, that they were a better companion to the Prophet ﷺ than he was a sahib to them. None of the family members of the Prophet ﷺ could say they were a better family member to him than he was to them, alayhi salatu wasalam. And of course, his enemies who never even acknowledged his goodness towards him. Despite all of that, Rasulullah was a man who knew how to set boundaries for himself despite his boundless compassion. He knew how to say no, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when it was necessary to not enable a greater harm. That's why Surah Al-Hujurat was revealed because the Prophet, when he went home, Rasulullah was giving the haqq of his family upon him. And so no matter how loud you screamed at him or how much you banged on his door, Rasulullah at that time was engaged in the haqq of those people inside his household upon him. The Prophet despite being the most merciful person and a person who was a mercy to mankind, he did not allow the harm that was shown to him to shut him down Despite la'allaka baakhi'un nafsaka ala atharihim. It is as if you would harm yourself. Not that the Prophet would actually self-harm, but that you're hurting yourself. Over your love for them, the Prophet did not have any lack of zeal towards the message that he was actually spreading. He didn't cry all day and night to where he could not work the way that Allah taught him to work. Despite the Prophet himself having endured so much hardship from the people. No one fits the description of someone who mixed with the people and tolerated their hardship more than Rasulullah Despite that, the Prophet did not tolerate a climate of abuse. 
and he didn't tolerate a climate of wrongdoing and did not allow for that to happen to people that were around him. You can't force Ihsan on somebody else. You should force Ihsan on the one who is dealing with someone else with cruelty, not on the one who's on the receiving end. You can encourage Ihsan to that person, but you cannot tolerate the opposite of excellence and cruelty and put all of the burden on the other person. But when the Prophet himself was on the receiving end, he always وسلم, opted for a higher ideal, for a higher level. Now the question becomes, why is it that we often feel like maybe we're not getting anything in return for the goodness that we are doing towards others? First and foremost, you first start with those who have done goodness to you and perhaps you did not repay them. And the perpetual prototype of that is the parent, right? There is no person in, at, at the default who's taken advantage of more than a parent by their child, right? There is no person who fits the prototype more than that person, than the parent, because the child cannot repay the parent. It's impossible. So you think about everyone that you have to repay. You know, oftentimes when we feel like we're taken advantage of or we feel like we did more for someone than what was done for us, that should cause us to reflect on those who did more for us than we did for them. And see how we can then be reminded. And that's the beauty of the child growing up and then recognizing as they get into the age that their parents were at when their parents struggled with them, wow, this is what it's like. So they become activated towards a greater level of shukr to their parents, gratitude towards their parents. But there's often this undertone when we show ihsan towards people that all of that was for nothing. All of that was for nothing. And indeed, subhanAllah, sometimes when it comes to worldly relationships, a person invests in a relationship and does and does and does and gets very little in return. And that can feel very harsh to a person, whether it's a, a, a relationship or a, a marriage or a friendship or a colleague or whatever it may be. It can feel that way. But I wanted to subhanAllah underline how Allah Azzawajal addresses this in the Quran with something very interesting. Allah says, One ayah Allah says, those who do good and those who believe and do good, we do not let the good deeds of those good doers go to waste. The ayah is actually repetitive, where Allah does not have to be repetitive from a linguistic perspective to emphasize here that no person will ever do good in this life and it will not be rewarded by something better. And this is a theme throughout the Quran. Now, there's a difference, I think we can all agree, towards doing better to someone who's also doing good towards you. What does that mean? The ulama say there's the level of when someone does ihsan towards you or does the basic, you know, the, or, or fulfills a basic requirement of gratitude towards you in a give and take relationship and you always try to do better. Because there's no harm that's really embedded in that. So you count on the gap and that's the most beautiful of relationships. When there are two people who are both competing for Allah's pleasure and so they're trying to out-ihsan one another. And you want to make sure that you're on the upper hand of that. And so Allah will fill the gap. But then the ulama say, subhanAllah, 
that that's usually not the case, and that's why Allah says, Wasbir, Be patient because Allah does not let the goodness of the good doers go to waste. Wasbir, as Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah says, indicates that usually people of Ihsan are going to be harmed. It is the norm of the world throughout all periods of history that usually people that are generous will be taken advantage of. Generous not with their wealth per se, generous with their spirit, generous with their energy, generous with their time, generous with their emotions. That usually people that do good and that have this as a mantra and a motto in life, they're going to be harmed in the process because most people will devour that. And so he commented, he said, Yaqulu ta'ala dhikru. وَاصْبِرْ يَا مُحَمَّدْ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَى مَا تَلْقَى مِنْ مُشْرِكِ قَوْمِكَ مِنَ الْأَذَى فِي اللَّهِ وَالْمَكْرُوهِ رَجَاءَ جَزِيلَ ثَوَابِ اللَّهِ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Be patient, O Muhammad وسلم, for the harm that you endure from your people as you try to give them Jannah. What is the Prophet trying to get these people to do? He's trying to get them to go to Jannah. He's trying to take them to Jannah and they're throwing garbage in his face. So be patient, O Muhammad No one of us is trying to give or is in a position with anyone else in our lives that the Prophet was with his people. He's trying to give them Jannah, not trying to give them a gift, not trying to give them some kindness only. He's trying to give them Jannah. He's serving them Jannah And they're throwing garbage at him and kicking him and abusing him in the process. There's no greater discrepancy from a human to human perspective than the discrepancy between a messenger and his people who are rejecting him. But, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ ثَوَابَ مَنْ عَمِلَ فَأَطَاعَ اللَّهَ وَاتَّبَعَ أَمْرَهُ فَيَذْهَبَ بِهِ بَلْ يُوَفِّرُهُ أَحْوَجُ مَا يَكُونُ إِلَيْهِ This is so beautiful. At-Tabari rahimahullah says, commenting on this ayah, Allah will not let the goodness that you do towards anyone else go to waste, especially in the capacity of da'wah. Rather, Allah will repay you with something that you will need more in a time where you will need it more. With something that you will need more in a time where you will need it more. What does that mean? When someone says, all of that was for nothing, Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah does not let the payment, the ajr, the reward of the good doers go to waste. Not the efforts. The reward, meaning count on my ajr to fulfill what wasn't given back to you. And it will be given to you in a time when you will need it more and it will be better than what the other person could have given back to you. It would be so much better, so much more powerful. There's a, a beautiful, uh, subtle difference in how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about, for example, how we respond to people in da'wah with that which is better. So the very famous ayah, we all know this ayah. Allah says, respond to that which is evil with that which is better. It might be, it might be that the one that is your enemy becomes your protective friend. Does that always happen in da'wah? That's a worldly reward, right? A worldly gift. Does it always happen that when we respond with kindness to evil, that the evildoer instead turns and becomes a person who is kind towards you and, and relinquishes their hostility? No. But Allah says in another ayah, uh, speaking 
Very similarly, وَالَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا ابْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ رَبِّهِمْ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَأَنْفَقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ سِرًّا وَعَلَانِيَ وَيَدْرَؤُونَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ السَّيِّئَةِ أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عُقْبَ الدَّارِ The ulama say, look at the difference in Surah Al-Ra'id between Fussilat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who are patient and they establish the prayer, they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they give charity in private and in public and they respond to that which is evil with that which is better, Allah will certainly grant them the best ending. There is no doubt about the Jannah part. Meaning it's bonus, it's bonus, if your goodness towards these people results in them becoming good. That's a bonus. But the thing you can bank on is uqbad dar. Is that the ending that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you will be so much more worth it than anything that they could have given you in the process. And that's where the true nature of the believer is. That's where you shine. The Prophet says, That the one who is considered as someone who is establishing the ties of kinship is not the one who's responding, reciprocating kindness. That's not who wasilul rahim is, the one who establishes the ties of kinship is. The one who's just re reciprocating good. The Prophet says, he said, the, the one who Allah is talking about when he talks about the reward of establishing the ties of kinship is the one who when he is cut off, he goes and he reconciles. When you're cut off, you make the effort and you still go and you reconcile. You be that person who swallows the ego, not because of the person that you're going to reconcile with, but because of the reward of the one who put you on this earth with rights of that person upon you and rights of you upon that person. He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in another narration also authentic, صِلْ مَنْ قَطَعَكَ وَأَعْتِ مَنْ حَرَمَكَ وَعْفُ عَمَّنْ ظَلَمَكَ He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, establish the ties with those who would cut you off and give to those who withheld from you and forgive those who wrong you. Meaning that's where Ihsan truly shows. Again, he did not tolerate a climate of abuse. And despite his boundless compassion, he had his boundaries But at some point, that person who says, you know what, I will lower and lower and lower because anything I decrease in this world for the sake of Allah is going to be increased from him in a time where I will need it more and in a way that's better than I could have got it in this world. And it's not just money we're talking about. You know, subhanAllah, if you read this hadith in its entirety, where he said, in the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu, مَا نَقَصَتْ صَدَقَةٌ مِنْ مَالٍ وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةٌ وَمَا تَوَاضَعَ أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ When you take it all together, the Prophet said, charity does not decrease wealth. Charity will never lead to a decrease in your wealth. What scares you when you're about to give charity? You start making calculations, but there's a decrease here. I'm gonna lose out on something if I give. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in that same vein, Allah will not increase you in the quality of al-afu, the quality of being forgiving and pardoning, except that Allah will actually honor you in the process. Think about the people in our congregation and the people that we know in our lives who are forgiving and merciful people. In the moment, it might look like they're being humiliated, but they gain a place of honor. Like, mashallah, that's such a well-composed person, such high character, was willing to put out the fire. 
Allah will increase you in honor, but in the moment you feel like you're getting humiliated. And so you think you're going to decrease in honor by being forgiving. And the Prophet said, and no one humbles themselves for the sake of Allah except that Allah exalts them. Now I'm going to end on this note inshaAllah ta'ala because I think it's, it's very powerful when you take these three themes together. We know the hadith because we've been to a million fundraisers in the Muslim community that when you're about to give sadaqah, 70,000 shayateen, right, open their mouths and warn you of faqr, warn you of decrease, warn you of poverty. Don't decrease your wealth for sadaqah or else. Now Allah knows best, but for some of us, to do sadaqah bil'irb with your honor and with your dignity is harder than sadaqah with mal, is harder than charity with your money. And so if 70,000 shayateen open their mouths when you're about to give from your money for the sake of Allah, imagine when you're about to give from your ego for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Might even be 70,000 more shayateen because the voice and the lure is so much more. Do not give from your honor to this person. And your response has to be, just like every time I give charity, it's not decreasing my wealth. When I humble myself for Allah and I give sadaqah of my ego for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not decreasing me in anything. All that paranoia, all that fear of the shaitan to try to stop you from reconciling. And we don't learn from these lessons. How many times do we feel a weight off of our chests when we humble ourselves to our brothers and our sisters and we reconcile? Why did you wait so long? Because those 70,000 mouths were open. Sometimes the human beings too. Don't do it, it will decrease you, it will decrease you, it will decrease you, it will humiliate you, it will lower you. They don't deserve it. You're right, they don't deserve it, but maybe you deserve it. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so dear brothers and sisters, to feel like you've given up too much to an ungrateful one is natural. But to feel like you've given it up for the sake of the most grateful, al-shakur, is empowering. Because your life is a journey between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everyone, everyone that is placed in the path is a part of that journey between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to always be willing to give for His sake. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to give of our ego, to give of our wealth, to give of whatever it may be, to seek His higher reward. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never make us amongst those who act in ways that are fruitless or reckless. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our intentions and reward us for our deeds. Allahumma ameen. Aqulu qa lihada wa astaghfirullahu ilakum wa lisa'al muslimin fastaghfiru inna wa lafur rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma khfir al-mu'mineen wa al-mu'minat wa al-muslimin wa al-muslimat. Al-ahyai minhum wa al-amwat. Innaka sami'un qaribun wujibu d'awat. Allahumma khfir lana wa rahamna. Wa'afu anna wa la tu'adhibna. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam takhfir lana wa tarhamna. Lanakunanna min al-khasirin. Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun. Tuhibbu al-afu wa fa'afu anna. Allahumma khfir li walidina. Rabbirhamuhumakama rabbawna sigara. 
ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم انصر إخوانا المستضعفين في مشارك الأرض ومغاربها اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخواننا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله أن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على النعماء يزد لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقيم الصلاة